Hello everyone, welcome to Book Your Next Speaker, a podcast all about professional speakers from across the globe sharing their greatest learnings in their journeys of impacting thousands of lives through the power of their narrative. I am your host, Anshul Junjunwala. I am a speaker, author, and consultant on wealthy minimalism, and my passion is to explore the power of narratives and make it go global. So in this show, each week, we discover the incredible stories of individuals who believed in the power of their voice and share their wisdom and expertise with the world. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get started. Hi, welcome to Book Your Next Speaker, a podcast show by Anshul Junjunwala. Every week, we are bringing to you amazing speakers to share their journey with you to know the real person behind those bios, those videos. And today's guest is a trusted business advisor, a leadership coach, and a professional speaker. He runs a management consulting firm serving clients all across the globe. He has an uncanny knowledge of how people tick, ability to motivate, inspire, and challenge them to perform to their optimum best. He firmly believes that personal development, innovation, creativity, resilience are the four strong foundational pillars of success for every individual and for every business. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest for today is none other than Chandir Sharma. Welcome, Chandir. Thank you so much, Anshul. And super excited to be here today on the show. And of course, looking forward to the next half an hour, 45 minutes with you and completely, completely all ready and geared up for the session. All right. Amazing. It is so good to have you on the show with us today. So Chandir, I am, first of all, very curious. How did an l professional turn into a keynote speaker? What's your journey? Oh, my God. I can probably take next uh, three days to describe my last 30 years of a time. But uh, it has been an amazing journey. It was a roller coaster for me, really. And uh, speaking, by the way, has been a very integral part of me all through this journey. And if I take you back, right from school, college days to beyond, going into a few jobs, and uh, large part of my life, I've spent like an entrepreneur, different industries, different platforms, and a very large part of was almost about 13 years international market, global markets, or a lot of global mindset interacting with the rest of the world and talking to people all across the world and trading out of India. So that was a large part of the journey. But coming to the uh, later part of the years, which was more of business consulting, that there was a small subset called the L&D, which is the learning and development part of it, which kind of excited. But there's a reason. The reason was very simple. I was watching birds only purely by hobby for the last 20 years of a time now, and I continue to still do it on weekends. And the study of birds, which is ornithology, is something where you just sit with the binoculars and just sit down and watch birds forever. So three, four hours of watching birds and watching behaviors in their habitats is some dumb job probably for some, but for a lot of us, it gives us a lot of excitement. From there, I picked up the art, the subtle art of reading human beings. And that got me intrigued into the world of behaviors. 
So behavior assessments, psychology, why people behave the way they behave. And then when I was in the corporate world, the biggest fight with every single business leader was they need performance excellence. They needed people to excel in what they're doing. They needed numbers. They needed productivity. They needed innovation. They needed creativity. All of those things. Taken the journey entirely all through this and also, again, a very successful journey here by probably impacting almost 10,000 plus people by now, close to more than, I think, seven, 800 of workshops being done. Global clientele is what we have as an organization. And there's a large repository of all of work that we have done and created in the L&D space. I think that is good enough now for me to reach out to a lot of audiences and make some kind of an impact. So business leaders absolutely gave us that stage to kind of take over and just address a certain number of people. It all started with small little problems that came to us as a situation, a problem, or a challenge, or a difficulty. All of these required certain amount of experience and required someone who would have walked those journeys in the past now to be able to speak. Speaking, by the way, communication is a craft. It's a learnable, coachable skill, which, again, got acquired. But to really tell you, I'm the right brain guy. I operate from the right side of the brain by one of the theories which says, which means I'm creative. I'm a chatterbox. I talk too much. But more than that, I operate from dreams, aspirations, colors, pictures. And most of it, most of it, I really operate from the emotion side of things, which means I really understand why people tick, how people tick, and why do people behave the way they behave. So I think that really became a huge plus point for me, having taken journey in several industries and also in behavioral science and also finally coming to L&D practices, which helped me addressing audiences. And I think that audience connect was very, very instant. Always one thing I noticed was less than 30 seconds or say one minute, the audience connect was established and was there because there's a message to be given to these people and they naturally had to come very close to what we're trying to say. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that is very interesting how some other living being can inspire something else. And a speaker like you goes on to study human behavior. That is interesting. Now, I know this thing about you that you focused on helping leaders get personal excellence so that they can excel in their workspace. So how does that happen? Where did this come from? Okay, so the largest responsibility that lies with a business leader is to be able to engage audiences um, in their own uh, teams, energize their teams, enable their teams, empower their teams, make them efficient and make them more effective. So the larger part of the journey, most leaders will take from efficiency to effectiveness, to excellence, which means machines can be efficient. Most functional lower jobs can be efficient, but to impact. And by the way, remember, every corporate will only hire you for your efficiency. You show effectiveness only when you start working in the organization, which means they will hire you for efficiency, retain you for effectiveness. But you're promoted and you get success ladders only because you are excellent. So a journey from efficient to effectiveness to excellence is what I help business leaders look at. And I think they need to learn to definitely look at a lot of personal development. They need to look at a lot of innovation, creativity, and they also need to look at resilience. And that's exactly my four pillars, which I always keep talking about. The first one being 
personal development. Second is innovation. Third is creativity. And the fourth one, very strong, resilience. They need to be resilient at all times. And if you look back, especially last 12 months, 15 months of a time, every single person had to reinvent himself, relook at themselves to be able to get on top of things. Right, absolutely. Now, when we're talking about business leaders, at what level of the organization do you think that your keynotes or your trainings are most suitable? Because is, is it for a fresher, is it for a middle level or senior level management, or is it for everyone? Well, I'm happy to sell my tickets to anybody who comes in, but the higher degree of effectiveness, really, which I've been very successfully doing in the past couple of years of my record, as says, and the most tangible effect in the most, um, say, Fortune 500, and why should I have 500? Probably Fortune 200, if there is one exists. Uh, so these Fortune 200 companies, if I may say, have gone back with some very strong messaging from me. So typically, business leaders, one minus CXO teams. When I say one minus CXO teams, these are all the people on the firing line, which is all the GMs, all the BU heads, all the vice presidents, all the big guys sitting at the top, handling large processes, handling large teams. So people, product process, or people and processes and services, what they handle. These people need to get just not motivation, which is not enough. They have enough ways to find motivation all over the place. But what they need to really find is tangible, doable things which can bring them some great results sooner than they can really. So I think these audiences are ready for me to listen and ready for me to be giving all that I can to these people. Right, absolutely. So I'm very curious, as you rightly mentioned, that in times like these, in just the last 15 months, things have gone for a toss, right? For most of the companies, big, small, uh, medium-sized companies, everyone has got affected with this. And you talk a lot about resilience. So how do you think companies can really be resilient? Is it by helping people excel in their personal life? Or should they do something entirely different in times like this? What's your opinion? So typically, if I ask you, almost about 15 years ago, there was a very popular Nokia mobile phone called the Nokia 1100, which is Nokia 1100 or a Nokia 111110. That little button phone is definitely not relevant in today's times. Am I right? Yes. And if I'm right... Let's agree and let's accept the fact that anything which is ordinary, mediocre, mundane, or which is average, below average, is not going to work. You'll have to continue to learn the art of dealing with perceived adverse situations in very most positive and creative ways. You'll have to have the ability to bounce back and roll with punches in certain ways. You'll have to have the ability to transform challenges into opportunities. And you'll also have the ability to absorb a lot of learning on the way, get convert your setbacks into a lot of opportunities and with minimal mental or physical cost, which means resilience has to become a way of life for you. People have to learn from their failures. People have to learn from all the setbacks that they ever face. But all of this can only possibly be done by probably five levels, if I may quickly say. One is your physical ability, your physical well-being, emotional well-being, your intellectual well-being, your spiritual well-being, and your social well-being. And if I quickly tell you, the first four which I said, which was physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, they are all inside of you. 
you need to work on yourself inside of yourself the social well being is outside of you this is your complete contact with the rest of the world these people need to learn how they manage themselves in normal situations and also in adverse situations how do people look at themselves how, are they people even aware of their own strengths one large part of my exercise with most business leaders is making them aware of their strengths and using their strengths only there's a school of thought which focuses on the weakness or tries to improve on so most people business leaders will tell me i would like to know what i am not good at and i have to function and work on it work harder and improve on it and my answer is a big no stop right there don't even look at there because if you're not good at something just outsource that and probably only focus on what you're great at what you're good at because let's spend time looking at your bottom lines and your bottom lines will mean you will naturally impact the entire business at work so i think resilience again here the last complete message which i can really give is people need to understand they need to rebuild themselves need to design themselves repurpose themselves reimagine themselves probably and sometimes even reengineer themselves and that all probably summarizes everything around resilience right absolutely and actually i'm very curious chander you mentioned something about strengths and i know that you you're a gallup strengths certified uh, coach right is that correct yeah so, so, yeah so gallup is something which i practice so if i may ask what are your top 5 strengths i have mine as well what are your top 5 strengths if you could share i can endlessly talk about my number 1 Uh, so four i can probably hold back but then yes number one stands out for me is woo which is w o o which is winning others over and of course there are more there strategy is very much there i'm a maximizer by strength and i'm a strategist at strength and i'm also a communicator at strength so i think all of these really make me the person that i am and anchal you'll be surprised when i took this report to one of my coaches one of my mentors and said Here is my top five. He said a simple statement. He said, "Chanda, tell me something new." We all know this about you. And I said, "Oh my God, is that so much visible? People can see these strengths in me." They said, "Yes, absolutely. We can see these strengths all over you." So probably that's what you're made of. Amazing, amazing. Uh, and I think I'll highly recommend a lot of business leaders today. And that's a part of my program that please go through some kind of these assessment tests. Know your strengths, know your skill sets, and then probably build from there. Right, and I I can vouch for this, Chandir, uh, that the Clifton's Gallup Strengths Assessment Test has changed my life. The way I think, you know, has has been completely transformed. And I think I, I share uh, three of my top five strengths with you: maximizer, view, and woo, and communication. So yeah, there is something in common we both have. That is amazing. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> but Fantastic. yes i think that what you're doing with business leaders chandir is so relevant that you're helping businesses you're helping corporates focus on what's right with the people rather than what's wrong with them so that is amazing i think that is something unique that you bring to the table tell me a little bit about the framework that you use when you're talking about resilience and when you're talking about personal excellence that leads to work excellence right so what happens in these keynote sessions that people really get transformed like people from samsung and honda and so many other big companies have been transformed by you so give us a little sneak peek 
of what is it that really happens in these keynotes and these trainings and workshops? I will divide this into two things. The first one here is business leaders need to agree and to need to understand this very clearly, very, very clearly. Is that there are three levels, the three S, my three lovely S's that I love. You need to be very clear and have absolute clarity over this survival of the business. How is the business going to survive? So all of those areas one needs to look at. If you're a manufacturing company or if you're a trading company or it's just a global brand or IT brand or whoever you are, even automobile, you need to look at how your businesses are going to survive, how your people are going to survive. The second very critical level is the sustenance level, the long-term sustenance. How are you going to, beyond your survivals, are also now going to look at the business sustenance part. Which means the business over a period of time, along the industry will have to go through a curve or a graph, but these curve and graphs will also require you to now closely monitor everything and bring about from efficiencies to effectivenesses of the work of sustenance. Beyond this, the third level, the third S, is the success part of it, which probably I will say success for the sake of saying the three S's, but largely it is your foresightedness to be able to look beyond years and years of horizon and why are you doing that business and why are you in business for the sake of doing what? How are you impacting lives? How are you impacting humanity? How are you serving people? Because at the end of the day, it's all about how you serve your customer. At the end of the day, and that again is one topic very close to my heart, by the way, is customer obsession. In my customer obsession sessions, I end up talking about everything around customers, which means every business needs to learn to be able to serve their customers in the most authentic ways, which is starting right from customer centricity to customer focus to customer delight to customer experience to customer satisfaction to customer service, you name it. I think I've already rattled about six, seven of these. All of this will finally form a complete customer obsession plan. And I love taking journeys with a lot of these organizations where we draw a complete roadmap and a journey of how can they really look at these pieces of surviving, sustaining, and succeeding in what they do through a lot of customer centricity, customer obsession plans that they can have for those journeys that they can take with them. And how do they enable, empower their people to become in excellence? So I think it's all about setting the culture of excellence. The culture of excellence is what really brings about the first equation which I laid, which you also spoke just now, is personal excellence plus managerial excellence is equal to workplace excellence. Now, personal excellence is all about your journey of how you really improve yourself, how you work on yourself, and how do you bring about the best of yourself. The managerial excellence, unfortunately, doesn't fall in the academia for us in this part of the world. But most other parts of the world, I don't see it anywhere in the academy. The manager excellence is a teachable, coachable strength, which means things like influencing skills, persuasion skills, negotiation skills, opening doors and opportunities, building lasting relationships. There are no schools, there are no formal colleges for that, there are no formal education line there, which means you have to depend on a lot of classroom programs. You have to have teachers and coaches and mentors and a complete LD environment, a very long term sustainable LD environment can only serve that function. Which means if any stakeholder looks at me and says, then the, how do we bring about workplace excellence? My simple answer is this beautiful equation which we coined. It says 
personal excellence plus managerial excellence is equal to work excellence. And hence, you can get the desired outcome and the desired impact. I hope that answers your question. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And beautifully, it does. Now, I'm very curious to know if there is one thing that you want business leaders of today to take with them forever, whenever they're going to their workplace, when they're managing teams, what's that one mantra that you would like to share with the business leaders of today? Business leaders for today need to learn one very important basic virtue. Again, this is something which is a way of life. And very recently, this question has been asked by so many people in so many forums. And of course, we keep talking about this particular word. And the word is compassion. Leaders need to be operating at three different levels. A, they need to bring in high degree of effectiveness. They need to get affected. They need to get also be very cognitive. And they also need to be very inspirational, motivational, which means they need to be engaging, energizing, enabling, empowering their audiences to become more efficient and effective. But the leaders need to have those three questions very clear. Those three statements are very clear. And the first statement is, I feel for you, which is on the effectiveness level. I get affected, I feel for you. The second one is, I understand, which is at the cognitive level. And the third level is, I want to help which is at the inspirational or motivational level or at a level where I care for you. So any business leader today will have to speak this language of compassion. It needs to be completely circled with three very strong statements where they say, and I think most organizations will have to convey this to the last mile, to the bottoms, uh, bottom lines, saying, I feel for you, I understand you, and I want to help. And that's my message of compassion to all business leaders. Wow, I love that. And, you know, it reminds me of the greatest administrators of all times. And that is Sri Krishna, who talks about compassion all the time in everything that you do. And it's high time that business leaders are also adopting this in a way they administer the day-to-day activities and focus on business expansion and growth. So a lovely end to our conversation, uh, Chandir there. That is the power of compassion. That is amazing. But I am not going to let you go without doing a little bit of fun here. So I have a few rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Uh, Not really. Coming from you, not really ready. But yes, I'll try. I'll give it my best try. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I'm going to be really, really nice and compassionate and kind with you. But yes, it's going to add a little bit of fun to the conversation. So here we go. Now, what's the one thing that Mr. Chandir Sharma cannot live without? To make my wife happy, I can always say I can't live without my wife. Oh, that is cute. That is nice. Okay. Yeah, but honestly, uh, on the uh, on the professional side of it, I can't do without learnings. I must learn things every single day. I have switched career many times. I have adapted uh, completely each time. Resilience me, the resilience person in me has always helped me get more adaptable to new environments, new spaces. I think learning is something I just can't live without. I must learn a few things, new things every single day. Today, I'm learning so much from you. I love that. Now, I know a little bit about that, but for our listeners' sake, 
if i cannot find chander sharma anywhere where would i find him what is your hideout oh yes it depends again on the hours evenings i'll be probably guzzling some beers sitting somewhere in a, a nice pub but uh, most days and early mornings you will always find me with a binoculars in hand book of birds in hand and i will be probably roaming around watching birds and looking for some bird habitats and studying their habits and looking what migration is happening what part of the country are we in so if i travel to various parts of the country within say india or anywhere in the world my topmost agendas are two by the way the first one is to look for a lot of birds of that region and areas and maybe in some ways i'll be able to help some kind of bird conservation which my company does by the way under the name of we care but beyond bird conservation there's also a lot of interest that i carry for heritage which is a lot of monuments a lot of history of that particular region what happened where and those very monuments really excite me so i really get excited with all of these things i know it pains to ask this during the pandemic but what's your favorite holiday destination holiday destinations have changed from time to time actually but uh, i was very lucky just before the pandemic we were in ireland for 3 weeks and i was lucky enough to drive through ireland for 18 days from east to south to west to back to east we did not cover the north part it's a beautiful country it's a beautiful country but for that matter give me hong kong any day i love to be give me dubai any day i love to be so these are i think immediate higher on recall of because of lots of friends there some great food there and some amazing uh, things that you can do in this. right absolutely okay one last question what is your guilty pleasure many <laughs> many my fa- my family has to always stop me from having lots of uh, lots of sweet thing i've got a sweet tooth but and at times i can probably skip my dinners or lunches to only gorge <laughs> endlessly on some delicious uh, dishes that can be made i have been very fortunate to travel the country by the way right from north east uh, west and south within india and also of course abroad but within india i'm sure i have tried everything that possibly has got made in one of the finest houses or kitchens or uh, friends or relatives or wherever but i think i have really experimented a lot on street food and especially especially things which are sweet and that's why even i am because i'm a very sweet person i hope yes you are absolutely and what an amazing amazing way to end this conversation on a sweet note thank you so much archander for being on the show with us and being so candid with your responses i hope that you enjoyed your time with us Totally yes. I think time just flew. I mean, we've been talking uh, maybe a long while now, but uh, time just flew. I, I probably feel we just started. But uh, congratulations to the entire team at Wine and all of you doing a great job and a phenomenal platform is what you have created. I really wish all of you at Wine some wonderful times ahead, some great business times ahead. Also, with a little message: please stay safe and take good care of yourself. Thank you so much and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Book Your Next Speaker. Every week we come up with amazing interesting speakers who are sharing their journey 
who are being candid in conversation with me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Book Your Next Speaker with my esteemed guest. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share this with someone who you think would benefit from the ideas, insights shared on this episode. And also, if you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram. But don't forget to tag me. I am at Archal underscore the wealthy minimalist on Instagram and share the biggest takeaways from this episode. And don't forget to tag wine.studio and wine.speakers bureau handles on Instagram. I would really appreciate if you could leave your review for the episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this episode. This will help us to reach out to new listeners for this show. Now make sure you have hit that subscribe button. But most importantly, thank you so much for tuning in into this show and I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye till we meet again. Make sure that you are believing in the power of your narrative.